Welcome back to another exciting episode of Level Up and Live. Today, we have a special guest who wears many hats, entrepreneur, dad, husband, and a true crypto guru. Get ready because this episode is not just good, it's pure gold. He's a man with a wealth of experience and insights, someone who's mastered the art of balancing family life, entrepreneurial pursuits, and navigating the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. So buckle up for a ride that's bound to be etched in the history books of our podcast. Without further ado, let's dive into the wisdom and experiences of the one and only Nato Guajardo. With us today, we've got Nato Guajardo. Super grateful, super thankful that he's going to be spending the next 40 to 45 minutes with us. So if you're listening, I can assure you this is probably going to be one of the best episodes that you've heard this far. This guy, he doesn't know this, but I've always looked up to him as a mentor behind the scenes. I've all, Every time I've seen him in person, I've always bought, brought a lot of energy. And this guy is super chill, super poised, super humble, and very grounded. So he even said it behind the scenes. You guys have a lot of energy right now, and we're all on caffeine, but without further ado, meet Nato. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for being on the show, man. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. So, so, so Nato, man, you, like I know a little bit about you. I've known what you've done. You've taken action. You, you post consistently on social media, which is a beautiful thing, man. You have been on this journey, right? So you were born... And here you are today. And just for the sake of time, I know we probably don't, we could probably spend the next six hours learning about your journey. But for our listeners and audience, tell us a little bit about who Nato is and what that journey has looked like. Yeah, man, I won't, I won't bore you guys with like childhood or anything like that. But um, born in Houston um, and very late, late start in like what people would say success or whatever. Um, late start in business, like very late. Uh, I, I think I started my business, my first business when I was 39 years old. So um, very late. And um, so real quick, I was in um, after high school, went to the military, did the military thing for eight years. I thought I was going to be an IT guy. Um, I got out of uh, the military right after 9-11, came to Houston, Enron failed. Um, guys that were making $100,000, $200,000 in IT were now fighting for $12 an hour jobs. I thought I was going to get out and make a hundred thousand. I was a Microsoft engineer. I was Cisco certified. I was literally everything. And I was making 10, $12 an hour. So I'm like, damn, I don't know if this is going to work, but I still stuck with it because that's, it was like literally the only thing I knew how to do was it stuff. And I wasn't actually that great at it. And I didn't like it. I just did it because I thought that was going to be the thing that made, you know, made me money. Um, so I did that for a while until I started, um, ended up, Ended up getting a, a a divorce, and that literally probably changed everything. I I believe that, man. I don't know if you if you talk to real successful people, you'll notice that they've been through the most things. Right? Usually, the most more successful they are, the more stuff they. I was about to curse. The more stuff they've been through. Right. Um. So I think the uh, getting a divorce, hitting rock bottom, literally, divorced, probably the brokest I've ever been, the worst credit I ever had. The least money I ever had, the 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 heaviest I always was. Literally, dude, everything the worst, right? And How old were you? That's all. I was at that time thirty two, so thirty two, early thirties, maybe mid thirties. I was at that point. 
Um, so probably the, the worst situation you can be in, right? I mean, you just got a divorce. You don't have any money. You're overweight. Like literally no girl is going to freaking want to, want to talk to me. So, um, man, I went on a journey of just like self-development. Um, and it started with, uh, reading books and it just went up from there. Uh, just started improving myself. And that's how I got into sales. It's weird. Like, a lot of salespeople are, I don't know what it is about salespeople and self-improvement. It's just like goes hand in hand. I think in sales, you just try to always trying to better yourself. Um, so self-improvement got me into sales. Sales got me into insurance. Insurance got me into starting my first business. So that's my little five minutes of uh, where I came from. <laughs> what, was, what was the first book you read? First book was uh, the one everyone reads, Think and Grow Rich. The one everyone reads. It's such a good book. It's, how old is it now? It's like, what, 80? I don't know if it's 70, 80 years old or something. And it's still true today as it was back then. It's a really good book. Now, obviously, after reading a lot of books, you're like, all right, well, this one's better than this one, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great book to start with. That, that moment when you're 32 and so you're overweight, you're broke, and you've gone through a, a, an emotional, difficult time and, on the divorce, and you said... It sounded like you, you pulled your socks up and you said, okay, I'm going to change this. What was that? What was that conversation? Like, what was the thought process? And, and did you have a vision of, you know, was it like, no more, I'm going to go be this person? Or was it still you? And you just uh, was a healthier version? I always remember, like, my mom used to say, like, hey, if you, if you, if you're, if something happens to you, take five minutes, cry it out. And then after five minutes, get up and, 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 and do your thing. Right. So there was a period of time where like, oh, you know, I felt bad for myself, felt sorry for myself. And I'm like, bro, this isn't this is getting nowhere. Literally, like this is not going to get me to what I want. And um, and just told myself, like, what, what are you going to do? And I just started by reading books, man. And it just escalated from there. Um, reading books, uh, journaling, uh, all the all the normal things, visualizing and stuff like that really, really did help. And um, I mean, it. You, I didn't see any progress for a long time, and it's it's kind of like working out, right? You'll you'll go six months, nobody will notice anything. Then you go a year, and then maybe some people will notice some things. But then you keep doing that for years and years and years, and like, damn, this guy's a different person. People yeah. that knew me ten years ago, bro, I'm totally different person now. Yeah, yeah, I think most people they don't see the results like the gym, and they stop going. Self development, same thing. They read a book or two, and and it didn't work, you know, so they stop reading and they, and then they, me and Sean have been talking about this a lot. They go into the, this existing mode. You, you look in the mirror and you're overweight and you're like, well, you didn't sign up to be overweight. You didn't plan on being that, but you are. Your bank account's drained or you're in debt. You didn't plan, no one planned that. Uh, so you must have been somewhere mentally, you must have been existing and not paying attention because it's not what you signed up for. And then and to, the reverse of that is living, paying attention, being, uh, purposeful and and then going after it you know for you when you were doing all all this was there a vision in your mind of who who you were going to be by doing these things or was it just a one one day after the next type thing dude that's a good question because i i was about to say this i so i, I always carry a journal i always like write stuff down and mm -hmm. uh, at that time i was reading a book man i don't remember the book jesus i have all these books in the back you see them i don't remember <laughs> this exact book oh my god I, I have the guy's face in my head, but in the book, there was a, a section where you wanted to write out your dream life, right? 
So I did that part. It took me maybe an hour or so. And then I wrote, and then it said the next chapter was like, all right, now you, you need to write out your dream um, spouse or your dream mate. Right. I literally skipped that chapter. I'm like, I don't, I'm not looking. I just got a divorce. Right. (laughs) I literally just got a divorce. I do not want uh, another partner. Maybe not, you know, not long-term. I don't want that. Skip the pay, skip the chapter, went to the next one. The first thing in the chapter is like, did you write down, <laughs> did you do what, <laughs> what, what, what you said in the last chapter? I went back and I wrote down every single thing that I wanted from, from a woman, right? I'm talking about like how she looks, how she acts, uh, blah, blah. I wrote it down and an hour and a half later, I'm still writing stuff down about this woman that I want to meet. Wow. Forgot all about that. But I'm like, in order to meet this woman, I need to be those things too, right? I need to be uh, in shape. I need to have my stuff together. So there's no way I'm going to meet this woman if I am the person I am right now. There's no way. That woman will just walk right past me, not even notice me, right? And then um, now being married, I told my wife, I'm like, I, when we got married, I'm like, I literally wrote you down on a piece of paper every single thing. And she's literally everything that was on that piece of paper. So but but this is like this took five years, man. Like, and you said about working out. Like, imagine working out for five years and nothing happens, you know. But that's a true story there. I love that, man. I can resonate with that so much because I've done the same things. And I don't know about your friends and your community, Nato. But like my friends, they, they we've joked about it in the past. Like, I carry a sheet with me everywhere I go, a bullet journal, a sheet, and I call it the weekly design. And I literally, I literally have it in front of my face uh, everywhere I go. And so, because if it's out of mind, out of sight, and I did something very similar when I met Kendra, my wife, been with her 13 years, married for seven, me and him sat down at Wolfie's in Conroe, Texas. And this was kind of when I was 24, 25, didn't have a, you know, didn't really want to settle down. And you would ask me about Kendra's like, Hey, you know, what is it about this girl? Like, why, why don't you want to, why don't you see yourself with her? And and that that kind of sparked uh, you know a, a time in my life where it's like you know what that's a great question I never had anybody questioning or asking me I always respected you and so it slowed me down enough to to do that so I started doing research I started getting curious I started asking who not how and so I, I remember talking to my mom she's like you know one of the things that that I heard somebody do I don't know if it was on a show that she was watching or a counselor. But she's like, create a checklist, put five things on there that you want in a woman. And so I, I wrote these things down and I was like, you know, uh, one of them was, was, was self or independent. One of them was beautiful, you know, and I had three of these other things. And then I was like, wait a minute, what you and saying, what mom's saying, like Kendra checks all these things off, you know, <laughs> beautiful and, and independent, sometimes too much independent. And so the rest is history, man. So it's that manifestation, you know, it's that visualization. And, and we preach this all the time on the level up and live you, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So think about if you can visualize and manifest that. And I know you Nato have done this in other areas of your life, right? You've got a beautiful child, you've got multiple businesses, you're in cryptocurrency. So would you, do you manifest and visualize these businesses and what you've done up until this point in your journey contribute to that? Yeah, man, I think there's a there's a power for some reason. I don't know what it is about the power of writing things down for me. Like a lot of things that I write down, I look back, I'm like, man, I, I literally wrote this down like 
freaking three, four years ago. Um, and another, another thing kind of similar to my wife is um, the house we live in now, right? We used to live in a neighborhood like couple couple neighborhoods down and I used to pass by this neighborhood every time I'm like man I like those houses there I re- I really wish I could live there one day um and then one day I just uh looked on har th- one of the houses in the neighborhood I, I I printed it out I'm like this is the house I want totally forgot about it like two years later we moved into the house and actually if I open up my windows I can look at the house that I put the the picture on it's not the actual house because I don't think that <laughs> one was for sale but it's a house like Caddy Corner, bro. Like I can see it from where where I'm at right now. Um, and it's it's <laughs> crazy, that. man. I don't know what it is about the power of uh, writing things down and visualizing, and then act, obviously putting action into place to get there. You can't you can't just write something down, visualize, and just sit on your couch like, all right, this is gonna happen in a couple of years. You gotta have a plan to get there, right? Um, but yeah, man, that's happened a couple of times, and um, my family like. You know, some people think I'm weird with things like that. Um, not anymore because stuff's starting to happen. And I always tell my family, I joke with them like, oh, wh- what do you guys want to do in two years? OK, let me write it down. It's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, man, Does it a- work when you write it down for other people? Does it work? I, I would never ask. I've never thought about that. <laughs> it's, it's usually for like vacations and stuff. Like every year we take a family vacation. Like where you guys want to go? Like tr- think something big for vacation for two years. And we'll that's where we'll, we'll go. I don't know. I don't know if that's happened yet. Um, I'm going to give you a long you- list of things to write down for me. And I'm just, you know, I'm just going to wait for my happen, man. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, man, let's see. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah i think it's because you uh, because it's very intangible uh to write something down people are like that how there's no correlation between writing something down and getting this impossible thing but it is the process if it's it would have to be important enough to write down if you're ever going to get it if you if you can't even bother to write it down then what's the chances you, you it really is just a 50 50 or whatever the percentage is, but yeah, there's definitely something to, to write it down. What would you tell yourself Like, you know, when you're 32, is there, what would you tell yourself then or, or right, maybe right before, maybe at 30, you know, what, what kind of conversation would you have with, with that guy? You know, part of this podcast was we didn't have people there for us when we were 30. We had to figure a lot of things out ourselves. And we often think about, man, if some, if, if we were who we are now there for us, then we would be, 10 times farther, 10 times quicker. You know, what, you know, what would you say to, to your 30 year old version? Um, well, first of all, n- nobody's coming to save you, man. Like literally nobody's going to save you. And I, you know, this is so weird too. And, and when I was 32, um, got divorced and then I got in a little bit of good shape, but I was feeling myself. I started going out a lot, like literally three to four times a week. That was my thing going out. Um, because my sole focus was some, you know, was directed to something else. Um, which by the way, vices do eliminate vices as many, eliminate as many vices as you can, because those are going to bring you down when you're trying to go for your goal. They will, they're just going to drag you down. It's kind of vices, not so vices. What do you mean by vices? So vices like drinking too much, uh, alcohol, if you're into drugs, whatever for me, vices was like going out and women like, I, for some reason, I guess it was because I don't know what it was, but I just wanted as many women as possible for whatever reason. But that alone, bro, it's like any vice would just, it's just like, is dragging, is dragging you down. And it wasn't until really I focused on one woman that I really started making money. I don't know what it is. 
um, all my attention was on her and I was just, then I could focus on just business, um, versus trying to focus on too many people and just took a lot of time. Um, so the, one of the first things what I'll say is like, nobody's coming to save you. Literally, nobody's going to save you. Nobody's going to come to you and be like, Hey man, I got this perfect job for you. Or a woman is not going to be like, I'm, you know, come, you have to go and get it and you got to create the person that is able to get that stuff. So number one, nobody's going to come save you. And the thing is the friends that I used to have when I used to go out versus the friends I have now, it's literally totally opposite. I didn't know one business person, not one person that owned a business 10 years ago. Now I realized every person that I go, we go out to dinner with or hang out with owns a business. It's not that I'm only friends with people that own a business. Like, Oh, I can't be friends with you. It's just naturally that way. And everyone is married. Like 90, 95% of the people that I hang out with are just married, married and own a business. It just happens that way. So that's the second thing I, I wanted to, to say is the people you hang out, hang around with is literally who you are, man. Um, it's really important. And I have a four-year-old son. I'm really going to watch the people he hangs around with. And that's another reason why I'm going to be actively putting him in, in different things like, you know, sports. He's really right now. He's only four, but he's in uh, jujitsu. Like, because that's the kids he's going to hang with. Naturally, he's going to hang around with. Um, I remember asking a guy at church. I, I asked him. He was he was a little older than me. His son was 14 and uh, his son was playing soccer at a high level. And I, I grew up playing soccer and I have a son and a, a daughter that are eight and 10. And um, I would like for them, I'll never push my kids to do something they don't want to do. I'm not need, I don't need to live vicariously through them. But I remember uh, I was like, you know, how did you get him into soccer? How does he love it so much? Cause it would be cool if my son did, or my daughter did. And he's like, I know nothing about soccer, man. I've never watched it. Don't play it. Don't even really like it. And he said, the reason he plays is because his friends play. And I was like, it was a, a very enlightening moment because that's not just true in, in, in sport. It's true with anything. Just like you said, whoever you hang around with, that's pretty much how you're going to you're gonna end up. That's just a, a fact. It's, it's a universal fact. So it yeah, definitely rings, rings true. When, when, when you hang around these other individuals, and, and I resonate with what you're saying on that, and so you get to a certain degree where you're like, okay, you've put in all the work behind the scenes. You've worked on becoming the best version of yourself, personal development, and so of your friends, and you've attracted, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, you've probably attracted those people into your life, right? Who you've wanted to surround yourself with. And do you, like where you are today in your mindset. So quick question. Have you, have, you, uh, have you seen the movie The Matrix with Keanu Reeves? Mm-hmm. The one, right? So do, do you consider yourself the one in your family where they all look up to you to like, do good, show them the, show them the road, show them the map. Yeah. But you know what? I decided to be the one I told myself, I'm going to be the one in my family to make the change. And hopefully people follow that. Um, I, I made that decision like pretty much when I first started my first business, like I'm going to be the one to change my whole direction of my family tree. And, and, yeah. and, and because of that, I have to be the best version of myself. And that's why I'm always improving. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, and, and, and I'm curious on how you, you showing up the best version of yourself, surrounding yourself with other like-minded individuals and, and putting yourself in those environments. But then you have some family members that you give them the blueprint, you give them exactly what they, what they asked for, but they don't take action. Why? This is my theory on this. And because that's absolutely true. Like 
sometimes I get frustrated, but like, look, man, you have a person next to you that literally went from nothing to, to, to something. And you can, all you have to do is follow that blueprint. You'll get there. And it frustrates me. Like, why don't you ask me questions? Why? Like, I, I don't give unsolicited advice anymore. Like I really don't because it's never taken well. I always wait for somebody to ask me questions. Right. And then I will freely give, dude, if you ask me one question, I will freaking dump it on you. But if you don't ask me anything, I'm not going to say anything. Um, so to answer your question, man, why do you, do I think that people, uh, don't succeed is I honestly don't think they believe that they can do it. And the reason why I don't think they believe they can do it is because they know in the back of their head, they don't want to put in the effort to do that. And I'm going to just say something about confidence. For me, when I have low self-esteem, low confidence is when I promise something to myself and I don't do it. When that happens, my confidence goes down. But when I make a plan and I say, hey, not though, you're going to do this, this and that, and I do it. My confidence goes up, even if even if the result isn't the greatest, because just because I I just accomplished what I promised myself, my confidence starts going up, and when your confidence starts going up, good things start to happen. Um, and that right there is 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 huge. I think that is spot on for pretty much everybody, but only the few can hold themselves accountable to that. Like, what is there? What's the formula there? Is that how, how do you end up following through on that? Because it's normally it's a difficult thing. People end up backing off when it gets hard or tough and they don't have that identity yet. And so they, 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 they're scared and they just go back in existing mode. What is, what would you say? How do you, how do you do that? How did you do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to just say for me, because everybody's different. I remember when I used to write goals down for myself, right? I would write down goals for myself. And a, a lot of times I wouldn't, go follow through with those goals for whatever reason, right? But when I started writing goals that involved other people, like my wife, my kid, my mom, my brother, I will freaking work and run through a freaking brick wall for somebody else before I write it for myself. So I noticed that about myself. Like I will work harder for somebody else because I hate disappointing people. So when I write down my goals, it has to involve somebody else. Like this goal is going to involve this person person. And if I don't fulfill it, this person's not going to get whatever, or it's going to disappoint this person. When I started doing that, like I would work a lot harder towards that goal. That's for me. Everybody's different. You know, uh, if I, I've tried to attach goals to like, I'll do this for my kids or do it for my my wife. And it hasn't always resonated. I always know I'm going to be the the best version of myself for them. That's what I work towards. But as far as like doing something as a catalyst in my head, it's not, it's not often works, but we were just discussing earlier, like writing things down and, and then it happening. I had, I think that is, that could work, man. I think it could work for a lot of people. You know, you said for you, but I think a lot of people keep it in their heads. The, the average person doesn't write things down. We're talking about people who do end up getting journaling. And so, yeah, writing, writing the people down, making it, real on paper, man, that's some solid advice to at least try if people are out there listening to this and they haven't tried that yet. That could be a game changer because I'm hearing that and I'm like, I could see that being something that works, works for people. Yeah, it's different. It is different for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And the accountability, one of the things that I heard you say 
Nato was was the accountability for yourself. And then also too, to a certain degree, like I look at it as three levels of accountability. So you have your accountability to yourself, your accountability like a partner, like you and I are accountability. I know you've had partners in business, so you level each other up, right? There's that sense of accountability, that responsibility. And then the third thing is accountability to the community. So you've got all three, right? And with that, we need more guys like that. We need more leaders like that. And typically if people are listening to this, right, they want to level up and live. And in those three levels, if you can find yourself holding yourself accountable, figuring out ways to do that, finding a, a accountability partner, somebody that you can run with, iron sharpens iron, and then accountability, whether it's a business or your community, you're you know, leading a church, whatever it may be, there's a sense of accountability. And so I, I always look at it and I always have it. I've, I've even written these things down in my journal, the three di different levels of accountability because out of mind, out of sight. And that's the way I kind of look at things. If it's not in front of me, whether it's a journal, because I would have never, if you had asked me five years ago, who, you know, writing in a journal, writing on, you know, weekly design, I'd have been like, I don't need that, right? I would have let my pride and ego get to me and I would have been stuck, unfulfilled, existing in the rat race and not gotten to where I am today. So I understand that, you know, hey, that, that, that accountability is, is powerful, but also those different levels of accountability. Yeah, man. The, yeah, man. Uh, you know, to switch gears, like, and, and it ties in. So you decided to change. You got into sales, and you started your your business. It was that the insurance business. Yeah, you started, and then uh, Sean has told me since then you you sold it. Can you, you kind of take us through that journey a little bit? Because man, a lot of our the, a lot of listeners, you know, business owners, sales folk, uh, people trying to work on themselves. Like, yeah, what, what was kind of the the background? Yeah, so. Um so sales got me into, uh, I had a buddy of mine that I was working with. He ended up working at um, one of the big insurance companies where um, you're, you're basically like a, a salesperson, but making good money. It was kind of like the Wolf of Wall Street, bro. He like, and you know, you know, my buddy, Ryan, um, he sent me, he sent me a screenshot of his bonus and I was at, at the other company that he left me on and, he, and he's like, look, bro, look what I, what I made this month or whatever. I'm like, I literally applied that that same day and ended up getting, <laughs> a, ended up getting the job uh, um, awesome. a month later. And uh, that's what got me into the insurance business. Uh, started as a sales guy. Um, mediocre, by the way, like literally like not good at all. In my office, we had some killers. And you um, I, you know a lot of the people, Sean, like in, in my office was uh, Brandon Ritchie, Ryan Guillory, yep. my wife. My wife was a killer. Me? Oh. Me? <laughs> In the middle, maybe even below the middle, bro. Like literally, you not. were all in the same brand, the same place. Yeah, man. Or There's a lot. That office was like, wow, a lot. Of, I, I, think, I think about seventy five percent of that office ended up creating their own insurance agency eventually. I was say whoever the agent was, who who put that together? Who's that? <laughs> who put that team together? So it wasn't actually an agency. It was actually uh, it was Liberty Mutual. Okay, so it's, you're just okay. a salesperson okay. in a in an office. Uh, yes, and okay. our office was in Kingwood. Uh, but that mm. office has some. I'm telling you, man, these guys were so good. I was intimidated yeah. by these guys when I first got there because they were so good, and I was like down here. Um, and I didn't do that well, which is kind of funny because when I got fired from that job, because they were doing cuts, I would think I was one of the first ones. Uh, I was one of the first ones to get fired. When I got fired, um, first of all, the week I got fired, I took money out of my 401k to buy my wife an engagement ring. She does. She didn't even know about it that Tuesday. And then I get fired that Friday. I'm like, what am oh, I going to do? Oh, I literally just took wow. money from my 
from my 401k to marry this woman, right? The woman mm-hmm. that I wrote down all this stuff on, right? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I get I get fired, and she's she didn't even ask me what, what I'm going to do. I, I told her I'm like, look, I'm going to start my own agency. She didn't say one word. Like literally, I'm like you know below average, average at this agency, and, and she's like. You're gonna start agency. She didn't say anything, but um, (laughs) but in my head, I'm like, yeah, I I got to do this, man. I have no freaking choice. Um, So, so took out the remaining of my 401k. I have no savings anymore, like uh, no investment, which wasn't it wasn't that much. I was not. It wasn't like I was saving a long time because remember, I got a divorce. I had I had lost that money before, so I had to start all over. Um, So I used that money to start my agency. the first six months were not great, like literally um, struggling to quote people. You know, you start with family and friends first. And luckily, I have good friends and family like they trusted in me. And my, my mom was my first client. My brother was my second client. And then <laughs> um, <laughs> one at a time. One at a time. But then I, I realized I was looking back at what we're doing at Liberty Mutual, which was we bought a lot of leads. Right. We um, that was the one thing we did. And uh, sometimes they did well, sometimes they didn't. So I told myself, if I figure out how to generate my own leads, figure out what these guys are doing, I don't need anyone. I literally can just depend on myself, which is one thing I always, I hate depending on other people. It's like literally, I hate asking for help. I hate depending on other people. So I went on a journey on how to generate my own leads. That lasted about six months of spending the pretty much the rest of my money traveling, uh, and trying to learn how to generate my own leads. Uh, long story short, I figured it out. Learned how to generate my own leads. That's what skyrocketed my insurance agency. I told my wife, hey, uh, join me. I can't pay you anything. I know you're making six figures. I can't pay you anything. Um, there's no benefits, uh, but just come and help me because I need help. I have too many leads coming in. And she did. Wow. And um, that's how I grew my agency is like I learned how to generate my own leads. I learned how to generate leads for other people. Uh, One of my biggest strategies was mortgage people, how to generate leads for them so they can in return send me business. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, that is what led me to start my other businesses, which was a training program for insurance agents and then later on software and things like that. So, And and Nato, so you... You were a solo, solo, solo operator, right? Or entrepreneur. And a lot of our listeners and audience, they they're doing things on their own. They're trying to do everything. Everything's on their back, right? Not just business, but also personal. You are a big systems guy and people, right? What what was the transition from Liberty Mutual to opening up your own insurance business? And at what point did you learn to I've got to start systematizing and hiring the right people? Um in, in business to get you to where you want to go. So one, one, um, <laughs> one thing about me that's negative and also positive is that I'm naturally like a lazy person. Like I literally will put things off on other people. And so I'm like, how can I put this on somebody else so they can do it? And there's a great book that I just read. Oh my God. This book is so good. It's by day. Uh, Dan Martell, uh, buy, buy back your time. Oh, hold on. Mm. Uh, Buy, heard of that book yeah buy back your time so it's basically how to uh buy back your time man which is literally what you <laughs> literally what you want to be doing when start when you start making money is you want to be buying 
back as much time as possible and, and start doing the things that you really enjoy. Because when you start doing the things that you really enjoy, that's what's going to skyrocket uh, what you do. Because now you're in like your zone of genius. You're really doing what you really want to do. Um, so back to that. When you're first starting, you cannot afford to, you probably can't afford to, um, to hire anyone. You have to do everything yourself. So what you want to do is you're going to be doing everything yourself in the beginning. But, but once you start making some money, the, write down the things that you do on a daily basis and what you can maybe put to, put off to somebody else or the things that you do not like. I'll give you an example so that way somebody out there can like, okay, well, what are you talking about? In insurance, I'm just going to talk specifically insurance because that's what I know. I hated customer service. I hated paperwork. So when you sell an insurance policy, you have to get the, uh, them to sign, a paper, sign the application and things like that. I really did not like it. I'm literally a true salesman. I want to sell something, stop, get it out of the way. Let me go on to my next sell. That's what I like to do. That's it. I don't like to do any paperwork. Man, you're speaking my language, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm like, having medical equipment. Like uh, that is me, man. I, I, you know, give me the hunt and the, and the clothes and help somebody and make their day, like make them make their business work and, and they feel great and you build a great relationship. You ask me a long call. You're going to see a dead man walking. It's just like, <laughs> I'm out. Like, it's so hard for me. <laughs> yeah, man. And that's, I'm the same way. I just want to go after the sale, help the person out. That makes me feel real good. Yes, I helped this guy out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I don't want to deal with the paperwork afterwards. <laughs> afterwards, uh, Let me go. Out to, <laughs> let me help the next person, right? Yes. Um, so what you want to do is write down everything you do on a daily basis, the stuff that you do not like, and the things, and the things that you're not good at. Maybe... Ha- eventually when you start making more money, that's going to be your first hire. Those are the things you put, you know, when you try to hire someone, you got to put like what you, that's the stuff you put down. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you do yeah. you love customer <laughs> service. Do you love paperwork? <laughs> you know, there's people that love that stuff. Literally, yeah. There's people that love it, bro. I don't understand them, yeah. but that's fine. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, it's wild, <laughs> that's okay. That's, we're all different, right? And uh, yeah, you want to, so you want to, you want to write down that stuff and that's who your, your first hire is. It's going to be, it's going to be that. Luckily for me, I had my wife. She she doesn't mind customer service. She's an awesome salesperson, by the way, like pr- better than me. But she's also good at my wife is good at so many things. I'm only good at <laughs> I'm only good at like two tops. maybe. Um, but luckily I had her. But if I did not have her, because a lot of people might not have that that spouse is you're going to have to hire. And here's what happens when you hire that stuff out. It gives you more time to go do the thing that you're really good at. For me, it was sales. So I made more sales. So I made more money. I can hire now more yeah. people. So you just yeah. keep you just keep doing the things that you're really good at because your, your money is going to skyrocket. A lot of people's uh, fear is like, here's their fear in their head is like, if I hire this person, they're going to take a portion of my money. No, mm-hmm. no, that's not the case. They're taking a certain thing off your plate so you can do more of the thing that you really like to do or the thing that you're really good at. I remember this is, oh man, it was probably 10 years ago and I was backing out of my driveway and the grass needed cut. Like you had those long little stem things sticking. I've been like, it was like a week and a half overdue. Every time I leave the driveway, I, I was in a negative state because I'm like, how is it not cut? And and I was trying, I was saving my money, trying to be smart with it. And I was like, I'm not paying someone for that. But it took me about an hour and a half, two hours to cut my grass. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hire a guy to do it. And I remember the feeling, like this massive weight. It's just the grass. 
it was this massive weight came off. And very shortly after, my numbers were starting to go through the roof. Like it was just, and that's happened to me a, a few different times, uh, different things. But I remember that grass, uh, having someone cut the yard specifically, paid someone else, got my time back. And it was just, it was like a miracle. I remember that vividly and it's, it taught me a lot. But yeah, what you're saying there, I can really resonate with that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, real quick for just somebody out there, the, the book, Buy Back Your Time, there's a formula in there that calculates your hourly wage. And then mm. it gives you a formula like, don't quote me on this, but your hourly, your hourly wage divided by two, anything under that, you should be outsourcing to somebody else. I um, like that. And I a need lot that book. I'm yeah, that. dude, it's so good um, because that's going to allow you to like um, have some kind of formula. So like, all right, because some people don't know, well, like, all right, well, what do I outsource? When do I outsource? Um, and that kind of tells you when when to do it and, and and what the number is. It's funny because that formula, as you, as if it fits the formula and you have someone paying for that, well, then you get to go do the thing that you like to do. So you're probably going to end up making more. So then that formula it has to bump it up. So you're going to end up being able to pay people more to do bigger, better things, which then allows you to go do more. That's a spiral up. That's really cool. And you can also do this in your personal life. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you some of the things I implemented in my personal life. Obviously, cutting the grass. Like, first of all, I used to cut grass when I was young and I used to cut it for neighbors. And I told myself already at 17, I will not cut my grass when I get when I become an adult. I swear to God, I'm not cutting any. I'm not. And I never Motivated. have. Even when I was broke, I didn't do. I should have. But I was not cutting <laughs> my own grass. Um, um, but one of the things is obviously that um, I outsourced a lot of things in my personal life. So one of the arguments me and my wife used to have was cleaning up. Like, dude, I'll get dressed, throw stuff. I'm getting. I'll, I need to get back to work. I need. I'm always just wanting to go work, right? And I forget about everything. I'll leave a glass, and it causes the biggest argument in the world because that's just how I am. And I don't even think about it. I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just literally yeah. how I am. So we're like, all right, we're making a certain amount of money. Let's get somebody to help us clean the house, dude. That eliminated so many arguments right there, yeah. just implementing that. Not only that, right. but that allowed my wife hours to now help me in the business. So mm. things like yeah. that, man, like really help out. And also like, you know, we get Amazon delivered. Obviously, everybody does that. We get groceries delivered. She doesn't. She actually still goes to Costco. I, I think she's at our Costco <laughs> right, just right now. Um, but things like that, man, eliminate when you start making money. It, it, money does money does solve some problems and, and dude if you can eliminate arguments with money freaking do it man it's like yeah, yeah. It, it just really helps why, why would we if they could an emotional relationship thing man that's we do it for money like to get our business time back but man for is it not even 10 times more important to have that relationship if it can improve a relationship man that's huge man that's that's the most important thing in life is is people for sure. Nato, for somebody that's, uh, so you've got all these, you know, these things going on, systems, process, people, outsourcing for personal and business. For somebody that is in the trenches, right? They've got their sleeves rolled up. They're putting in the work. They're in the, because a lot of our listeners are in their, their upper 20s, 30s, even 40s. They, they, they have spread themselves very thin, right? They're very overwhelmed. They have 15 different things going on in their personal and business life. And that was me to a degree, but I'm a big believer in what I preach, focus on less, then obsess. I think you know a little bit about that. What, what would be one piece of advice for somebody that's, that's got 15 different things going on? They're wearing 15 different hats. How can they get down to 
one or two different things like what you said earlier to focus on? Yeah, there's a couple of things. So one of the things is, I mean, everybody probably knows about the 80-20 rule, right? Like sometimes you're probably doing something in your day to day that's literally has no, it's not helping you at all in your business. So I, I would, uh, okay, let's just say you're a busy person. Explain the 80-20 rule just in case somebody doesn't know. Uh, basically what the 80-20 rule is like, says is like 20% of your efforts make up for 80% of, of the results, right? And, and and if you look at anything, it it, it literally is that. So for example, like in a business, in your day-to-day, only 20% of what you're actually doing is representing like your 80% of what your income is, right? Yeah. So what I would say is write down everything that you're doing on a daily daily basis and what is not making you money or what can you actually eliminate and what is actually making you money and do more of that. Put more of that on your schedule and less of the other stuff. Um, and, And the thing is when you're busy, like things like, you know, mowing the yard, clean the house. That takes up a lot of time. Uh, um, uh, driving to work, driving an hour to work, driving an hour back, dude, that's, that's the commute, dude. That'll kill you. Like, yeah, I mean, you have to get either maybe closer to where you work. I, I don't know, man. Like you have to figure out your own schedule and try to eliminate some of that stuff. That's, I mean, are you watching Netflix for an hour or two a day? Like what, what are you doing on a daily basis? That's, Taking up, taking up your time. I guarantee you, you can, anybody can go look at their schedule, even me, and, and get at least an hour or two extra. 100%. Mm. Yeah. Because you look at the version of yourself that does, and then the version of yourself that doesn't, you, you, if you just imagine that for two minutes, like, man, you know that guy that's, that's made those changes is going to be just killing, crushing it compared to this guy. And it's, yeah, that, that's what the, the opportunity that's lost. Yeah, man, I hadn't, that's really... Great advice, man. I love to hear that. Shifting gears a little bit, where is, as we wrap things up, what is your priority? What are you focusing on now? So I know we've talked about your journey. You've been, you've had struggles and ups and downs. Where are you at now in life? You put the systems in place. You put the processes in place. So there's hope. So if you're listening to this, there is hope because I'll be the first to attest. Nato is doing big things. He's got multiple businesses. He's got a beautiful family. So I'm curious, Nato, where is your focus, time, and energy going uh, today? You're on the podcast today, so we appreciate your time here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, you're impacting and serving. But but where are you spending your time now, and what what does that look like? Yeah, man, I wish I had like more time, but it's like a whole bunch of stuff. But I did sell my business. I sold my insurance agency a year ago, um, and just to focus on more things. And when I look back after I saw my agency, I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do? Like, what am I, what I, what do I really like to do? And looking back, like what really changed my life, changing what changed my life, man, was starting a business, um, having that freedom to do whatever I want. I literally now, I, the best thing is, man, I get to hang out with my son every single day. When he, before he goes to school, we chill for like 30 minutes. We hang out when he gets out of school, we get to hang out. Like that's the mm-hmm. Dude, that's the best thing ever. Like Beautiful. to do whatever I want every day. And I, uh, when I was younger, I didn't value like um, my time. I didn't value family. But now it's like the most important thing in the world. Um, and for me, there's a and everyone should go watch this. There's a movie called um, The Gambler where John Goodman is talking to um, Mark Wahlberg um, and telling him saw that. How, how to get get f you money, meaning get enough money where you tell. F you to everyone. And I get, 
I literally, I don't have to do anything, man. If someone tells me, hey, bro, you got to do this. No, I don't. I don't have to do anything. I can say <laughs> F you to you because, and that's what I want for everyone. Get to a point where you don't have to do anything. You do whatever you want every single day. And I think in order to do that, you all you have to have financial freedom. In order to get financial freedom, you need to ha- create something. You, you can do it with a job. That's fine. I think creating a business is the fastest and the best way to do that. And that's what I want to do going forward is either help people start a business or help people grow their current business. And that's what I'm going to focus on, I think, until probably I die. I don't know. What does that look like? Is it it like a coaching thing or is it like a pro? uh, How are you doing that? So um, one of the things I'm doing right now, I I learned that when I I have a, a program for insurance agents right now, right? where uh, I help them grow and scale their insurance agency. And one of the things that I found was they, a lot of people didn't have money. They didn't know how to leverage uh, their current credit to get money to grow their business. Um, so start with insurance agents where I was like, okay, you can afford my insurance, age, uh, my insurance program, which is not cheap, but you have good credit. I know how to get you funding for to get not only to buy my program, but also use the money for ads and things like that. Because one of the things Mm -hmm. we do is Facebook ads, Google ads. Uh, I'm big on marketing and paid ads, like huge on that. Um, And then um, after a while, other business owners were asking, well, how do I get money? So what I'm helping people now is like how to get funding to either start your Mm -hmm. business or grow your business. So that's my, that's going to be my thing going forward. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Dude, that's great, man. Is uh, for our listeners and because uh, in 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 audience following, is, is this something you're only providing insurance agents or to any business owners wanting to? Okay, no. Where can they learn more about that? I mean, just um, go on Instagram. Just find my name, Nato Guajardo. Uh, Facebook, same name. Um, I literally haven't even advertised it because I started with just doing it for free for like five people, and they had so much success. Um, like uh, insurance agent, one of my buddies, you know him too. Uh, one of my buddies, like uh, last month in a week, we got him one hundred fifty thousand dollars in like zero percent credit. Like, and he's just using it just for paid ads because he wants to to grow his business. So, um, yeah, man, I'll, I'll start talking about it. Like, I literally want to get my systems and stuff. Like, I, I wasn't even going to talk about this on the show, but I wanted to get everything like straight before I started talking about it. But man, we'll, we'll have you back on you know, once yeah. that's launched. And I think that would be awesome to hear, you know, what you're doing, how you're doing it. You know, maybe people can pull something from that to help themselves or even get connected with you. But that sounds awesome. Which, by the way, for those listening, get your credit right. Because even to get business credit, they're going to look at your personal profile and your personal profile. Mm. You got to get it. Do whatever it takes to get 700 credit score. I monitor my credit like a hawk now. I didn't think it was important. It's literally the most important thing now. If you want to buy a yep. business, if you want to get funding, they're going to look at that. So get your credit right. That's great. That's great advice. Yeah. Fantastic advice. Two things, brother. And uh, we, again, appreciate your time, energy, and effort today, Nato. It's been a freaking honor having you on, man. And um, where can our listeners and audience uh, how can they support you? I know we kind of touched on that, but is there any place that they can follow you, support you? Yeah, man, just Instagram. Uh, I'm going to be doing more things on Instagram here uh, or Facebook. Once in a while, I'll post something on Facebook to help somebody out. But I'm going to be doing more of that. Like, literally, I've been concentrating on this uh, for the past six months. I haven't been posting much, um, but I will be. I mean, um, and what's kind of sparked it was you guys. You're, you guys like, hey, come talk. 
I'm like, you know what? I should probably be talking more about this. So this is yeah, kind of like, yeah. this is kind of like the yeah. start of it. We'll, we'll yeah. put your Instagram handle on in the uh, show notes and, and Facebook, all the things. Cool, man. Uh, final question. What does, Nato, what does level up and live mean to you, brother? Level up and live. What does that mean to me? Uh, well, I wasn't expecting this question. Um, <laughs> it can mean anything. Here, here's whatever, the thing, man. Whatever you feel. Here's, here's what I found. And as you level up, the people around you typically will level up with you. And the ones that don't, they fall off. Um, but here's the thing. It's a good thing. That's literally, that's a good thing, man. Because the people around you are improving while you're improving. And that's, that's a good thing. So what I would say is just keep improving yourself and people will try to level up to you. And the ones that don't, unfortunately, I'm sorry, uh, they don't, and they might never will. They might never get to that point. So just continue leveling up. People around you will 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 level up with you, and uh, the more you the more you level up, the more people you can help. And that's I mean that's the whole point of everything, right? That's profound, man. That's that's, that's deep. Uh, people people who know know how important that is when you level up, man. So yeah, thanks for saying that. Beautiful. Beautifully said, man. Thanks, Nato. All right, bro. Yeah, Nato, thanks, man. Level up and lift everybody out there. And there you have it. An episode for the history books with the incredible Nato Guajardo. If you've enjoyed today's conversation as much as we did, don't forget to support Nato by following him on social media. You'll find the links in the show notes. But wait, the journey doesn't end here. We have another gym coming your way this Thursday at 5 a.m. Tune in as we gear up and prep for 2024 with insights and strategies you won't want to miss regarding our three-step recipe to a healthy lifestyle. And here's a special request to our fantastic listeners. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Drop us a review if you loved what you heard. And most importantly, share this episode with someone who needs a dose of inspiration. Until next time, this is Level Up and Live signing off.